The paper is The Inner Structure of Heidegger's Concept of Freedom. If you want to summarize Heidegger's philosophy in the simplest way possible, we can postulate that his thinking is a repeated striving for being, the question of the being as such. When we follow this task that is distinctive for philosophy, it doesn't take long to realize that its simplest turns itself into the most demanding, the most complex way. As we all know, Heidegger goes so far that he designates this question of being as the sole and only true question of philosophy, and the whole history of Western philosophy is concerned with circling around this question of being, although in a kind of misleading way, namely that this philosophy does not think the being, but only beings. That is why it is this ontological difference as a difference between the being and beings where the fundamental question of the being leads to. In his 1957 lecture, The Ontological Constitution of Metaphysics, Heidegger pays close attention to this ontological difference. He disclosed the difference between being and beings as essential for the whole metaphysics. The being of beings reveals itself, itself as a ground and thus constitutes the ontotheological character of metaphysics. Of course, this kind of difference is non-identical with the ontological difference we can observe in Heidegger's being and time. In this period of his thinking, the difference of the being unfolds into the mode of different being of the beings. In this sense, existence as a human being does not have the same mode of the being as the ready to hand, to handenheit, or present at hand, for handenheit. Yet again, this difference has to be distinguished from the other difference that Heidegger develops in the short transcendental period of his thinking, 1928-1930. In this period, the being as a whole is becoming the central problem and the focus on the question of the world gains more attention than the being itself. The difference latently transfers into two questions, the question of being as such and the question of being as a whole. It is becoming clear that in this concept of ontological difference, one must address the difference of the difference. I argue and will subsequently demonstrate that it is the notion of transcendence and its metamorphosis that adequately clarify this issue. Transcendence as such can be segmented into a few elements. The central part of this concept, concept that remains constant is that the transcendence always surpasses the beings. Furthermore, three different transcendental mo moments can be distinguished. The subject of transcendence, namely the one who is transcending, the object of transcendence in a sense of direction towards where the transcendence is heading, and the process of transcendence as such. In being and time, we can follow transcendence in its form of exceeding beings to being there. It is the transcendence of the inner being, as being there or here, that means Dasein in German. This transcendence corresponds to the fundamental ontological type of ontological difference, where the being of beings is distinguished and where Heidegger emphasized the understanding of being, Seinsverständnis, unique for Dasein. This inner movement of transcendence also supports the hierarchical way of Heidegger's thinking. As he points out in the introduction to being and time, the being is the ground and the meaning of beings. One could certainly argue that Dasein has its fundamental constitution as being in the world, 
and in this sense, the proposed inner turn of transcendence does not match. However, the strategy of being on time depends on the uncovering of existential structures. The understanding of being that belongs to Dasein has to be revealed, firstly, in its own hidden ways of existing in the world. In this sense, the inner turn does not exclude the importance of being in the world, but rather it is the presupposition for it. It is rather the role of the world that motivates the change of turn. In being and time, the concept of the world is an essential part of the being in the world as a constitutional structure of Dasein. Nevertheless, such a world falls under existential categories. Its meaning is derived from Dasein. We can see that the worldliness of world in being and time is developed upon examination of the tool, Zeug, that is founded in the end for the sake of Dasein, Umwillen des Daseins. It is only when the world gains another dimension, that is to say, independent from Dasein, where transcendence turns from inside to outside. World is not only existential, but also a resistance, Widerhalt, against the sake of Dasein. The movement of transcendence stops being the inner surpassing towards the being. Heidegger understands it as transcendence towards the world, as being out, out of our hands. The ontological difference transfers into the cosmological one, where the difference of the thing and world takes priority. The philosophy of Jürgen Fink or Tengeli's phenomenological metaphysics concentrates on this shift. Heidegger also understands transcendence as freedom. Transcendence and freedom are inseparable. Transcendental movements are also the movements of freedom. The inner mo movement is the one that has that has its direction toward the, towards the human being. This is the reason why the existential freedom in being and time can be explicated as freedom towards the being. The question of who in the fundamental structure of being in the world is, divi is divided into two modes, the authentic and non-authentic. To be free in an existential sense does not only mean having an option of these two modes, but more precisely, it is the freedom to one's own being that constitutes itself in the being towards that, Sein zum Töde. This existential freedom is of a substantial difference to the transcendental or metontological one. On this level, the preference is on the concept of world. This world is framed not only in its existential meaning, but rather in the transcendence of being as a whole, of beings as a whole. The shift from freedom towards being as an inner motion of transcendence to freedom towards the world as a movement that is surpassing all beings, including the human one, has a hierarchical character. This hierarchical way of thinking of freedom can be found when Heidegger confronts Kant's concept of freedom as spontaneity. Spontaneity as a special form of causality is opposed to the natural causality, but it is still elaborated in the construct of causality as a particular mode of the ground, namely as a grounding of something, begründen. Heidegger perceives the transcendental freedom as the ground of the ground, grundes grundes. This means that the causality and also the spontaneity somehow depend on this transcendental freedom towards the ground. To fully grasp the importance of transcendence, freedom and world, 
we will have to follow closely this particular inner structure of freedom. This freedom is not only the fundament, the ground for the spontaneity, the existential freedom, but also the ground, the principle of threefold grounding that Heidegger develops in his essay, The Essence of Ground. So grounding as establishing, grounding as taking up a basis, Bodennehmen, and grounding as the grounding of something, Begründen. What is important is that the freedom is not only the ground of the ground, but as such, it is also the abyss of ground, Abgrund. This complex of ideas connecting freedom and ground articulates the actual inner structure of Heidegger's concept of freedom, which is a substantial part of his methodological thinking. We can postulate three statements that define the most important principles of methodological or transcendental way of thinking. First, Dasein is transcending towards the world. Second, the freedom is the freedom towards the ground. And third, the man is world building. In uh, his uh, lectures, Fundamental Concepts of Metaphysics, where the world building of a man is essential, Heidegger determines the concept of world as the manifestness of beings as such as a whole. The question of the apophantic S is linked to the apophantic logos, which in turn is linked to the truth of being. In Being and Time, Heidegger binds the apophantic S to that what appears. This logos is limited to the sphere of affirmative statements. In the fundamental concepts of metaphysics, this sphere also extends into the negative. The logos is not only constituted in the revealing, but also in the concealing. The freedom is transcendence towards the world, where the Liebe, Spielraum, of the either-or, truth or falsity, opens up. The binding character of things, that is the fundamental moment of world-building of man, besides the completion and unveiling of the being of the beings, is only possible in the freedom towards this leeway where the concealing happens as well. In order, in, in order to bind oneself, one must be free. Tengeli interprets this crucial part of the fundamental concepts of metaphysics as the priority of the world against the being. The dimension of the being falls under the world. We can observe that it is the appearance of the negative that is decisive here. The same significance of the negative can be found in the lecture, The Essence of the Truth. The essence of the truth is founded in essential untruth. This essential untruth is not far from Heidegger's later conception of thinking of being, where the being gives itself from itself in history. Along with Tengeli, I argue that this turn does not have to lead to the thinking of the being, but can also evolve into a deeper phenomenological world examination where the freedom plays a substantial role. It is in his 1930 lecture, The Essence of the Freedom, of Human Freedom, where Heidegger tries to prove the essentiality of freedom through it, its grounding for spontaneity. This Kantian concept of cosmological freedom is founded in its potentiality in the world, namely the parallelism of special and natural causality. But Heidegger does not only perceive the essentiality of freedom in this profound grounding, but also in priority towards the understanding of the being. Freedom is not property of man, but rather man is a possibility, Möglichkeit, of freedom.
It is uh, Friedrich Wilhelm von Hermann, Heidegger's former assistant, who regards freedom as substantial for this period of Heidegger's thinking. In the current discussion of black notebooks, the first notebook that we don't have, the one that Heidegger probably himself destroyed, could be of a great interest in the context of phenomenological metaphysics. Von Hermann assumes that in his first black notebook, the thinking of being was developed from the point of view of freedom. The inner structure of freedom consists in of three ways of grounding. The first one is the grounding of establishing. The freedom here manifests itself as a world projection. In this grounding, the aspect of world from being in time as a for the sake of can still be recognized. Most importantly, the binding character of this for the sake of has its contra as the resistance, Wiederhalt, of the world in the second aspect of grounding. If a projection is carried out through the possibilities, then the contra to this is deprivation and zug of certain possibilities. Heidegger even states that the projection is potent, mächtig, in this deprivation. This gives us a first hints about a specific superiority of the world towards the sake of human being. The crucial point about this correlation between grounding as establishing and grounding as taking up a basis is that it's only in their unity that the third grounding as a grounding of something emerges. Tengeli's project of phenomenological metaphysics that is elaborated mainly in his last work, World and Infinity, from 2014, builds up builds upon Heidegger's methodological thinking where the inner structure of freedom described above as grounding is critical for it. The character of the world that can't be identified by the summary of all the beings is in an infinite way, infinitive way. This mainly refers to a certain openness of the world and its appearance. It is also the reason why the categories of the experience are only tendencies toward the concordance or unanimity. These categories open up a leeway to the potential of something new and to a conflict in the experience. One of these categories is also the theology of action. The main notion of this category is Tengeli's own conception of freedom as a partial causality. This conception does not only show the basic features of the experience, that is the potential of new and the conflict, but also demonstrates how Tengeli uses Heidegger's inner structure of freedom and thus justifies his continuation of the methodological approach as an alternative way towards the thinking of the being. Similarly to Heidegger, Tengeli's, Tengeli takes Kant's concept of transcendental freedom into account. This freedom as spontaneity is grounded in the cosmological possibility of its existence facing the necessity of natural causalities in the world. The solution of the antinomy between freedom and natural causality is the parallelism that is founded on the two-world theory. Kant shows in Critic of Pure Reason that there is a possible consequence which does not only have the empirical but also the intelligible causality. In order to enable freedom, these two have to exist in parallel. <coughs> Tengeli takes up on this idea and tries to demonstrate that these two lines of determination, on the one hand, human intention, and on the other, natural occurrences, actual, actually cross each other. The crossing manifests itself, for example, 
in the well-known tragedy of Oedipus. Oedipus assumes that he is killing a stranger only to find out, consequently, that these action, actions were not only the stranger killing, but also the patricide, the killing of the father. This example shows us that one is never fully in control of one's actions, and rather the world and its occurrences take part in our free, free action. The phenomenon of unintentional consequences is thus the evidence for freedom as mere partial causality. The partiality of, the ca of causality is the outcome of coming into complicity, complicenschaft, with the world. Kant's spontaneity means to be able to start an action from oneself, selbst anfangen können. The original intention of an action can be crossed by the occurrences in the world. In this sense, the world speaks to us, demands a reaction. In this demand, i.e. appeal, Anspruch, a specific necessity of the world manifests itself. The reason behind this necessity is concealed behind the idea that no answer is also an answer. One's freedom consists of the ability to start from oneself over and over, time after time. It is the ability of a person to react to the resistance of the world that shows itself by the appearance of something new, by the event, ereignis, or by the conflict of the experience. We can observe that this notion of freedom as partial causality is nothing but a combination of the two first aspects of Heidegger's inner structure of freedom. One's intentions as the projections of the world are resisted by the world in its occurrences. Only in the unity of these two, the third, grounding as the grounding of something, is possible. If we want to give reasons for something, we have to take these matters, the projection and the resistance to it, into, an, into account. Now, what are some fundamental consequences out of this peculiar notion of freedom? With the character of the world as a resistance, a certain openness of the world is ensured. The third aspect of the grounding, the grounding of something, cannot be fully or absolutely founded because it also consists in its structure of the combination of the resistance of the world. There is always space, leeway, for something new and for some conflict. If we want to look into the political impact of this theory of freedom, then it becomes clear that it is not compatible with any principle of ideology, where everything, the world itself, is fully grounded and gives no space to the abyss of this ground. In conclusion, we can postulate that the question of the being, the question of how the being is, refers to the crucial connection between being and world. It is in the world that the being is. But, it, but this in has to be understood in its transcendental character, i.e. in its position in a leeway of the world. It is apparent that, this, that first we need to learn how to see the difference between the being and the world. Thank you for your attention.